ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We are basically having three services this morning in honor of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins, was buried and visited hell and came back from the dead, literally, in every way. And so in preparation for the Easter message or the resurrection message and the final sermon in the Holy Week series, when I survey the wondrous cross, we're going to have a devotional service. This is the time where you need to pray and get your heart right with God and uh, hear from God secondly we will have a devotional service uh, pardon me a communion service and uh, we will remember the Lord Jesus Christ <coughs> Pardon me, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and his ascension. And then, thirdly, by the grace of God, I will uh, wrap up the eight-day Holy Week series. And if the Lord changes that order, then so be it. <coughs> And uh, we're so glad that you are joining us, pardon me, on Resurrection Sunday, 2022. If you have family members and friends who are not saved, or they may be in church and you discern that they are probably not saved. Invite them if they're not going to church with you. If they do not have a church home. We want all other people to attend the church that you belong to. And this is Gospelite House of Prayer. By the way, we are seen live also on our own sites uh, on BCNN One. Show me that Gospel Light Society uh, International, our evangelistic ministry, and our church ministry, Gospel Light House of Prayer.
and okay uh, we're showing up good on BCN1 uh, let me see Gospelite Society plus we're on Facebook as always we thank God for Facebook I didn't think they were going to be the ones who would allow me to preach the truth but uh, without any hindrance but they have been I believe Mr. Zuckerberg said, let me, hear, let me hear your complaints against this man. And he heard me preach and, and he said, I find no fault. <laughs> and um, let him preach. And then on, we're on Gospel Light Society live simultaneously. We're on... <coughs> Gospel uh, Light House of Prayer uh, International as well. Uh, allow me to see that. Gospel Light House of Prayer. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Okay. Now, um, we're also, as always, on Go to Church online. Um, that's in the old regular system, right? Uh, and this, uh, so you can go to go to church online. We're there <coughs> live, and uh, check that for your own purposes. Make sure everything is right, all right over there. So, by the grace of God, on Facebook we are available on YouTube. Uh, Facebook is our biggest audience for some reason uh, live and uh, we thank God for all of you who come and uh, join in hearing the gospel preached, the word of God preached excellent excellent we're just all over the internet anywhere you want to see us we're there simultaneously live and uh, we <clears throat> thank God for our technician making sure all of that is working beautifully. And we thank God for the technology to do that. I, I didn't think having your um, uh, service of being seen live on your various websites uh, uh, as something that was a big deal but evidently it was and, uh, and now we are just as clear and uh, live as Facebook <coughs> and other outlets YouTube too so you don't in other words you don't have to go now to Facebook you don't have to go to uh, Twitch you can go directly to our site and hear the preaching of the Word of God so with that ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus uh, I want you to understand
that it is time for you to take God seriously. Everything that the Bible says happened actually happened. You need to believe all of that and your life ought to change accordingly. Make no mistake about it, the gospel changes people's lives. Jesus, once you believe in Jesus Christ, once you receive Jesus Christ, your life ought to change and start changing, meaning there is a growth process just like in the natural life. No one expects of you what people would expect of me after being saved for 42 years and preaching the gospel for that long. You can't do what I do and you're just getting saved. You are a babe in Christ. The Bible calls you a baby in Christ. But there will be a difference once Jesus shows up on the scene in your life. Uh, you will not uh, be able to sin like you used to. Uh, meaning, sin is going to bother you to no end now. Because you have Jesus riding with you. So, so... Do not buy into the line that people can be saved and just live any kind of way all the time without any rebuke, without any repentance, without any compunction. That's just not going to be the case, my beloved. That does not, that's not happening. Jesus is going to change your life. You will be a different person. You will be a new creature. So, believe in your heart right now, right off the bat, what Jesus Christ said when he said the most loving, most magnificent, most wonderful, and the, the most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind, and that is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My dear friend, just believe in your heart right now. Here's your gift to God. Here's your gift to Jesus Christ for the gift that God gave to us. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was born of the Virgin Mary, meaning no human being, no uh, male figure on this earth had sex with Mary before Jesus was born. He was virgin born by the power of God Almighty. And he lived, therefore, a sinless life. He never 
sinned in word, thought, or deed like you and me. For we are all sinners. That has been established in the word of God. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin is death. We die because of sin. We don't die because of cancer. We don't die because of the coronavirus plague. We do not die because of a car crash. We die because of our sin. You say, preacher, what is sin? Lying? Have you ever told a lie to your spouse? Have you ever told a lie to the judge? Something that is not true, and you know it's not true. It's a violation of God's law. You have committed a crime against heaven. And it is recorded. Better than Google can record things. Every sin you've committed is recorded in heaven by God. Have you ever stolen anything? Even going back when you stole it from Annie's candy store or from Combo's. Have you ever stolen anything from your parents? You stole some money to go buy some candy. Have you ever robbed God by not giving to God properly? These are all crimes against heaven. Have you ever lusted after a human being and lusted after what other people have? You have committed a sin against God. You have committed a crime against heaven. You are guilty. Have you ever dishonored or disrespected or said something sideways or had a bad attitude towards your parents? And let me say here, that you have committed a crime against God. And you will be judged for everything you do and everything you say and every attitude you display. Have you ever used God's holy name in vain? You have committed a gross sin and crime against heaven. God does not play with his name. And you better not play with his name. You do as you please. But King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said, You can do as you please. You are a free moral agent. Just understand, God's going to bring you into judgment for what you do. And you know that deep down on the inside of you. 
why do millions of people stop at a red light? There's nothing holding us back. We can run right through it. We do have some devils, devils who do run right through the red light. But millions of folk every day stop at that red light. You know why? Because they fear being caught running through that red light and the punishments that will come after that. See? So you know better. You know right from wrong, don't you? We're all sinners. Everybody is a sinner. The Pope is a sinner. The Dalai Lama is a sinner. I am a sinner. Even the great Joel Osteen, the pastor of the largest church in America, is a sinner. I know it's hard to believe, but he is, and he'll tell you that. He'll tell you with a smile, but he'll tell you that. We're all sinners, aren't we? And the wages of sin is death. We die because of sin. That's, that's, that's one of the penalties <clears throat> of sinning against God. We, we, we're going to die. We're on death row for all of the crimes we have repeatedly committed against God, every last one of us. And it is no joke if you have never taken anything seriously, take this seriously, my beloved. Take this seriously. Because God does not play. And Jesus is the Son of God. He does not play. So you may think they play. They don't play. They're very loving. Yes. They're very gracious. Yes. They will give you space to repent and get your act together. Yes. They're long-suffering, but they do not play, man, woman. <clears throat> so, dear friend, uh, death is coming for you. And when death rings your doorbell, you're going to answer. That's a fact. And God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die, and I'm so glad somebody prominent said the other day, I don't even think they were a Christian, but they said, you know what, there's something healthy about uh, taking a little time out of your life and thinking about death. I said, all right. I said, all righty then. Because I believe that's important. Being in the position that I'm in, I believe that is important. You need to tell, you need to spend a few hours out of your life thinking about your death and what that means. God wants you to understand that if He will allow you to die because of your wicked sins and crimes against Him. He will allow you <coughs> to go to hell and spend eternity in hell. There's no other place for you. There's no such thing as purgatory. There's no such thing as a limbo, just kind of hanging around 
until somebody can pray you out of hell. And there's no such thing as somebody praying you out of hell. Once you go to hell, that's it. Do not believe these lies, these false philosophies, and the lies of the popes and bishops and priests down through the years. How, preacher, how, how, how could you say that? They're popes and bishops. I, I said it. They lied when they made that foolishness up to get money from the people. They lied to them and made up stuff. They made up their own traditions, just like some uh, Baptists and Protestants and Evangelicals. They have their own traditions that have nothing to do with Jesus, have nothing to do with God. It's the sinful nature of religious people to do this foolishness. Goes all the way back to the Israelites, making up stuff. All the way back to the people who killed Jesus, the Jews of that time. They had their traditions, they believed in their, they believed in their traditions more than they believed in God and the Bible. And they expected you to do them too. But hell is a real place. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. He preached on hell more than the prophets. He preached on hell more than the apostles. In one of his famous sermons on hell, Jesus Christ, yes, the one who said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The same Jesus said these words, which you need to take heed to. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Uh, now Jesus went to great lengths to make it clear that hell is not going to be a resting place for you. Hell is a place of torment. Now, now, before you say, oh, I just, I'm sure I'll, my loving God will not send me to hell. God is not going to send you to hell. You remember the sins that I was talking with you about, the crimes against heaven? That's going to send you to hell. And so, when I tell people who, who are getting ready to be punished and go into punishment, remember what you did. Uh, that, that, that'll help you understand why this is happening. Remember the evil you did to deserve to go to hell. You'll understand that you deserve to go. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched, and if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. The fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. 
It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. In other words, if your feet take you to uh, the Jam Jam Boogie Club, to whore around and to whoremonger around and to try to land somebody to bed and you commit fornication and you commit adultery and you, you're not out there doing the holy dance, of course, and your hands lead you to grab hold of somebody's wife or a woman that's not your wife, your eyes uh, cause you to lust your heart out because of the beautiful, fine women that God has made. They're his property, not yours. He made them beautiful so that they could attract the husband, not a dog. It's better for you to cut your hand off if you can't stop yourself. It's better for you to cut your foot off to get your foot amputated. It's better for you to gouge out one of your eyes and believe in Jesus and go to heaven than to have two jamming feet and two jamming hands and two jamming eyes to go to hell. That's what Jesus is saying to you. Where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Ladies and gentlemen, hell is a very real place. Make no mistake about it. And so, dear friends, hell is bad news. Notice that Jesus Christ preached the bad news. I know, I know most of you people think that Jesus Christ only preached the good news. And, and most of you seminarians and cemeterians believe that we only want to preach. We want you to just preach the good news, preacher. Don't be preaching on sin and against sin. Don't be preaching on hell all the time. Where you're going to scare the people. Where am I going to scare them? Hell number one, hell number two, or hell number three is all hell. Scare them. They, they need to be scared. What? That's right. Well, you need to try honey to attract them. The people don't respond to that. Males and females, they don't respond to that. You know why I, I drive the speed limit? Because I don't want the blue lights behind me. I don't want the police officers bothering me. So I, I obey the speed limit. I fear what the police can do to me. God's ministers. You do, you do as well. So don't, don't look at me crazy. They don't, they don't use love to make me obey the law. Sweet, little, nice, loving words. They don't. No, you know, you go ahead. You speed out here if you want to. You want to go to jail. You want to pay a fine. You you're gonna go through a whole lot. 
of a little hell on earth. Jesus preached the bad news because, friends, if you don't have the bad news and understand the bad news, there's no good news. People must understand that there's bad news. And, and the truth of the matter is, I was raised in church. Dad was a preacher, mother a preacher. In church every Sunday, we, I can't, we couldn't imagine being out of church. My mother didn't play that. And she went, too, see, to make sure you go. She, she was not the kind of mother who would stay home in the bed and send all the children to the Sunday school. No, she took you to Sunday school. My mother didn't play like that. So we were in church every Sunday. Sometimes all day with food on the grounds. And nobody told me about hell. Now I'm, I, I assure you, I believe with all of my heart, if someone read to me what Jesus said about this, about hell, and helped me to understand that there's some good news that if I believe in him, uh, I would be saved. I, w I would have gotten saved earlier. I did not even know I was going to hell. You probably didn't either. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ that he suffered on this weekend. He suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you so that you can live forever with him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul, and he will. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So believe very simple. Believe in your heart in Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart his gospel that he paid your sin debt. He paid for your sins, all of them. He is the sacrificial holy lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. God loved you so much he did that for you. He was buried in a borrowed grave and he rose from the dead early one Sunday morning Easter Sunday morning and you need to believe in him to be saved nobody else can save you Jesus Christ said I am the way the truth and the life no man comes to the Father but by me So as you believe in your heart, right where you are, no, you don't have to be in a church building. You don't have to be a church member. You don't have to shake the preacher's hand. You don't have to march down the front to the front in front of thousands of people. 
You don't have to sing in the choir. You don't have to give any money to the church. You don't even have to get baptized to get saved. Jesus Christ just told you. Believe in me. I'm the one who paid the price. I'll help you do all of the other things I want you to do. But right now, you just believe in me to get saved. So follow me now, my dear friends, as you're believing in your heart on Easter Sunday morning. What a gift back to God. What a gift back to Jesus Christ for the gift he gave to you. Give him yourself. Trust in him. Believe in him. Have faith in him in your heart. And let's pray the sinner's prayer together. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I admit that I've sinned against you and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. I understand that I deserve to go to hell. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for my sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my wretched soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil, wicked lifestyle. and to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the new life of righteousness. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose uh, from the dead by the power of God, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, Go to GospelLightSociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10, 9, I am the door. 
By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. If you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know uh, so that we can rejoice with you and also send you some free uh, material that we want to send you to help you grow in the faith. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Now, dear friend, we're going to resume our Easter devotional service. Already in progress. Uh, go ahead and check and make sure that on one of, one of our media sites we're running Franklin Graham's uh, sermon live, if it's not already over. Over here. Okay, go ahead and do that now. Back here as well. Over here. Go ahead and finish that now. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic uh, service, family members. <clears throat> Pardon me. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, King James Version, episode number 506, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. <clears throat> this unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement 
allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story, a single true story, a non-fiction story, and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today, my beloved, we are reading 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verses 2 through 6. Shall we pray? Everybody, repeat after me in prayer. Holy Father God, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you and I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace towards me and others, Lord. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. I thank you for suffering, Lord Jesus Christ, and bleeding and dying for my sins. That you allowed yourself to be buried, and that you rose from the dead early one Sunday morning. We call it Easter now. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for your for salvation and for spiritual blessings, for family and life blessings, for financial and material blessings, for protection and provision blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And Lord, thank you for those blessings that you bestowed upon us down through the years. And Holy Father God, before taking Holy Communion today, help me to truly confess my sins, my failures and my faults, and even the evil that is in my heart right now. Lord, help me not to go into communion with an evil heart, an evil mind, an evil spirit, an evil attitude. For Jesus Christ's sake, sitting at your right hand, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures. Wash and cleanse uh, our hearts, our minds, our souls, and spirits in the precious blood of Christ. And make us to be whiter than snow on the inside. Crucify my flesh. 
and the old man within me and the evil in me. Help me to die to sin and self like you died for our sins. In the words of your servant Paul, Lord, help us to die daily. Lord, I know that that may uh, frighten people who don't know you as Savior, but it means a lot to those of us who are saved. For if we are to follow you, we must be crucified. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that you would have that to come to pass. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of anybody here or out there who has that problem. And Lord, we pray that you would give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Please rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, his demons, and his hosts from us today. Lord, bring to all of our remembrance everything we know we should be doing this morning and throughout this day. Help us not to forget anything. Help us to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. Help us to be prayerful. Lord, uh, help us to pray without ceasing throughout this day. Deliver each and every one of us from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace, your strength, and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right. and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Help us all who are truly saved, Lord, to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face. And to turn from our wicked, evil ways to repent and to get back to you our first love Lord Jesus Christ Lord God in heaven we pray for the salvation of the lost uh, around the world we pray for uh, millions of souls to get saved through the preaching of Billy Graham's son Franklin Graham and others on their team. And Lord, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving around the world. In this country, in our various communities, and in our churches, 
and in our personal lives. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would, uh, for those of us who are saved, uh, Lord, uh, draw those who are going through uh, the coronavirus plague and those who are going through the war to yourself for salvation. And comfort them as only you can. Only you can handle those situations. And Holy Father God, we pray that for those who, of us who are saved, lift our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties. Help us to truly confess our sins and to repent and do right by you. And we pray and ask you that you deliver us from all of our distresses and afflictions. And Lord, with good cheer, deliver us from all of our tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and tensions. But as you said, Lord, in this war you shall have tribulation. We should be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. So for those of us, Lord, who are truly saved, fill us with your Holy Spirit and your good cheer, your joy, and your peace. No matter what we're going through. And deliver us also, Lord, from all of our spiritual and mental, physical and emotional family and financial, student, uh, loan debt, student, uh, progress issues, and deliver millions, Lord, from a housing crisis, food crisis, medical crisis, or and utility crisis. And Holy Father God, I pray that you'll bless and protect, Lord, all of my family. Uh, and bless and protect all of the family members of true Christians everywhere and others. Lord, protect us from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil. Protect us, Lord, from uh, the demons of hell. Protect us, Lord, from evil people in the family. Protect us from evil people in the church. And protect us from evil people in the world. In Jesus Christ's name, I do pray that you place upon us today the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels. And a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us in the precious blood of Christ. And make us whiter than snow on the inside. And help us not to put forth our hand to evil in any way, shape, form, or fashion. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Go for 31.
go for 31. That'll help us more than anything right now. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, those of you who are on Gospel Light Society International, those of you who are on Gospel Light House of Prayer International, welcome, welcome. Those of you who are on uh, BCNN1, welcome. Those of you who are on Go to Church Online, live with us, welcome. Those of you who are on three Facebook pages, the Daniel White the Third page, Gospelite Society page, BCN One Facebook page, and those of you, those few of you who are on YouTube, we don't get too many live folks on YouTube for some reason. Uh, I know we got a notification that we were blocked. I don't know if that's still going on or not, because I preach against the abomination of homosexuality and other sins that people in this world think are all right, but God does not. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And, uh, and that is, we, we, we get uh, more people on Twitch than we get on YouTube, I think. But uh, we thank God for you. Thank God for allowing us all to be here on this beautiful Easter Sunday. It's always a glorious day on Easter. Uh, I call it Resurrection Sunday. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus our Lord, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and uh, the great pleasure to read in your hearing 1st Kings chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 Holy Father God I pray that you would grant me your energy your strength your unction your anointing your freedom your liberty and the power of your Holy Spirit to pray to read your holy word to understand your holy word, to comprehend your holy word, and help the people to be able to do the same. Open blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears, and help people to take your holy word seriously, and to love it, to cherish it, and to obey it, and help us to uh, teach it, and to preach it, and to preach your gospel from it, as I have already done, led by you right off the bat. And, uh, Lord, I pray that millions of lost souls would hear the gospel through your technology that you have wrought uh, to spread the gospel around the world and uh, so that they can be saved, Christians can be encouraged and revived, have the power of your Holy Spirit to fall upon us and to work in us and through us. For you have taught me well, it is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. 
In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for a shake. Amen. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. Now, Second Chronicles chapter 1, verses 2 through 6. Then Solomon spake unto all Israel, to the captains of thousands and of hundreds, and to the judges, and to every governor in Israel, the chief of the fathers. <coughs> Pardon me. So Solomon and all the congregation with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon, for there was the tabernacle of the congregation of God, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness. But the ark of God had David brought up from kajath Jerem to the place which David had prepared for it, for he had pitched a tent for it at Jerusalem. Moreover, the brazen altar that Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord, and Solomon and the congregation sought unto it. And Solomon went up thither to the brazen altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation, and offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your holy word. Have it to ride with us throughout this day. Help us to meditate on it. Help us to understand it better. Help us to comprehend it. Help us to apply it to our lives and obey it. And teach it unto others and preach it unto others and preach your holy gospel from it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, 
brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead uh, service family members. By the way, this is service, a standing, this is the standing between the living and the dead service number 701. 701. Since the coronavirus plague uh, started. It was about a month or so uh, when God laid on my heart to start this service, this devotional service. Dear friends, my beloved, this is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's classic book titled Morning and Evening. This is the podcast and this is episode number 563. Today, the Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, chose for our devotional reading, Luke chapter 5, verse 4. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Uh, Dr. Spurgeon goes on to expound and share in this devotion. He and his family had devotions in the morning and in the evening. That's why, that's where we get the title from that famous book. One of the best devotionals ever written. We give God the glory. He said, we learn from this narrative the necessity of human agency. Go ahead, Spurgeon. The drought of fishes was miraculous. Yet neither the fisherman nor his boat nor his fishing tackle were ignored. Human agency. You've got to do your part. Glory be to God in the miracle. But all were used to take the fishes. So in the saving of souls, God worketh by means. May I repeat that in your hearing? And may you take it and run with it. So in the saving of souls, which is miraculous, I know the saving of my soul was was miraculous. And then the grace that God has shown has shown me throughout my 
uh, being saved and the miracles that he worked in my life, all of that, multiple miracles, all by the grace of God. God worketh by means, by human agency, and while the present economy of grace shall stand, God will be pleased by the foolishness of preaching, go ahead Spurgeon, to save them that believe. When God worketh without instruments, Doubtless he is glorified, but he hath himself selected the plan of instrumentality as being that by which he is most magnified in the earth. Means of themselves are utterly unavailing. Utterly unavailing. Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. What was the reason of this? Were they not fishermen plying their special calling and trade? Did they not know how to fish? They were the best. Verily, truly, they were no raw hands. They understood the work. Had they gone about the toil unskillfully? No. They knew what they were doing. Had they lacked industry? Were they lazy? No, they had toiled all night. They just told you that. Had they lacked perseverance? Did they quit too early like so many of us today? No perseverance whatsoever in, in, in many church folk today. No perseverance. Can't go through that. And listen to me. Let me just say something here. Um... For the first time, you know, I looked at a little bit of this documentary of the failure of Hill, Hillsong Church. A little bit of it. I, I, I was not planning on it. Because, and the reason why is because I predicted that it was going to fail. An article will go up today on one of our sites the date and time that I predicted that and I, I warned them I warned them when Lentz allowed Pastor Lentz allowed homosexuals into the church and had them in ministry, had them in leadership <clears throat> I told Brian Houston and their team then you need to fire him and I said you're going to lose 600000 to a million dollars when you do that because a lot of the people going to the church for the wrong reason, well, they'll leave. And they didn't do it. And so it began to crumble down to the ground. One of the, I mean, the man had a vision. One of the most powerful churches in the world, if not the most powerful church in the history of the world. The most influential church in the history of the world. I, I do not believe he would be in court today if he had done what I told him. 
But see, it's one thing you have, you're dealing with sin in the church, but when you bring a certain kind of sin, a man, uh, 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 an abomination, see, this is what people don't understand, into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll shut it down. You bring homosexuality into the church, you got them as members, and up on the stage, on the praise team, and preaching and everything else, God will shut you down, just like he shut down Sodom and Gomorrah, as sure as I'm black. There's no human reason why that church should have fallen so greatly. I mean, uh, billions of dollar church. They had so many avenues of income, and it was not by design. They couldn't. They could not have designed that. God had just blessed them. But when they started compromising with the world and keeping the world. And trying to conform the world into the world's image, and the church into the world's image, and you want to go so far as bring in homosexuals as members and ministers in the church, you have lost your righteous mind, and, if, and then you're not going to repent. When you have been warned, God will take you down, as He's taken down many churches over the years past few years and, and we'll take you home we'll bring shame down upon you and if you don't repent he'll take you home and you giving communion and 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 and, and taking communion living like that taking communion worldly uh, uh, God will take you home and God is taking home thousands upon thousands of so-called ministers and church members and if you are living in sin, you're living in a marriage full of adultery, divorced and remarried, a whole lot of those have checked out. No reason, no, no, no biblical reason for the divorce, just irreconcilable differences. You want to change? Everybody wants to change, baby. Hey, 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 look at me. Uh, 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 did, did you hear what I said? That's just our wicked, sinful nature. We all want to change. But you got to stop acting like a juvenile. Thinking that you can change something that you have committed to God and vowed to God about. You can't play with God. Now, let me tell you something about God. The, as the old saints used to say, the will of God grinds slow because of his love, mercy, and grace. But it grinds slow. You hear me? And he does not care how big you are or who you think you are. He'll bring you down to the ground. God has the power to do it. Man can't do it, but God can. Mighty have fallen. Many mighty have fallen. Messing with God, trying to conform the church into the world's image. No, they had toiled all the night. Was there a deficiency of fish in the sea? No, certainly not. For as soon as the master came, they swam to the net in shoals. Go ahead, Spurgeon. What then is the reason? 
Is it because there is no power in the means of themselves apart from the presence of Jesus? Spurgeon, without him we can do nothing, the Bible says. Always remember that. But with Christ, we can do all things. Christ's presence confers success. You can say what you will, but the most, listen to me carefully, the most successful people in the world today and in the past have been believers in Jesus Christ. We don't get saved for that. I'm just saying uh, that is a result of trusting Christ as a Savior, persevering with Him, growing with Him, making Him the head of your life. You will end up having a successful life if you do that. Putting Him first, following His will, not trying to run ahead of Him. As so many people do, you can't do that. You can do it. You can do it if you want to. Uh, but I'm gonna tell you what Dr. John McNeil is gonna do. Dr. John McNeil Jr. He's gonna look at you. He's gonna nod his head. He's gonna have his glasses off, and he's gonna have a, 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 a unexcited look on his face. And, and he, he said, "Okay." <laughs> Woo! He goes, "Okay, all right, dude." God can teach you better than I can. He, he doesn't waste any time with it. He, uh, if he detects it, you're not going to listen to what he says. So he's not going to tell you anything. And let you go right ahead. Go on with your bad self. Go ahead and jump ahead of God if you want to. <laughs> you're going to have to come back and humble yourself. I can tell you that. Follow the Lord and he will bless you. Obey God. Obey what God said, no matter how painful it may be to your flesh and to you. And do it joyfully. In good cheer. Have a good attitude now. Because God's watching. God watches your attitude. You understand me? Jesus watches your attitude. He, he's, he's all up in your business, man. Uh, he, he's watching your attitude, how you want to respond. And if you, if, if, if by His grace, Watch this. If by his grace he helps you to have a good attitude about what you're going through, then he'll bless you with the favor and blessing that you desire and open doors and opportunities and privileges along with your obedience now. You can't be sinning and whoring around and whoremongering around and being a homosexual. God's not going to bless that. And by the way, let me tell you homosexual something. Do not take communion. You're going to die. Do not take him. I don't give. I don't give a flip. What you talking about? You engage in homosexuality. Do not. Don't. Don't tempt God, man. Calling yourself a Christian when you know you're not, and you're doing that foolishness. You're gonna die early. And that's right. God will make sure of it. It's already in motion with AIDS, which is still here. 
you, you don't have to wait on coronavirus. You keep on doing that, you're going to die of AIDS. And you're going to hell. I know uh, your sweet preacher friends won't tell you this, but I won't tell you this because I love you. You need to repent of that foolishness, just like I'm telling adulterers and adulteresses and the swingers in the church to repent of their foolishness, or they're going straight to hell. Christians don't do that. Well, you know, we have needs and we have desires. I don't care what you have. (laughs) You better obey God in it. I'm not, and nobody's picking on you. You people are just, you, you, you people are just more sensitive. And anybody who says anything against you, you, you go off the handle. Fly off the handle. I preach the same way to adulterers, fornicators, liars, uh, and anybody else who's sinning. You're going straight to hell. The Bible tells you that. Drunkards, going straight to hell. Jesus sat in Peter's boat. And his will, by a mysterious influence, drew the fish. (laughs) Go ahead, Spurgeon. (laughs) Drew the fish. To the net. When Jesus is lifted up in his church, his presence is the church, is the church's power, the presence of Jesus. You 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 remove the presence of Jesus from the church when you sin against Jesus. And you're living in sin and you're bringing sin inside his church. He's gonna take an exit. In the words of Dr. Tony Evans, <laughs> Jesus will exit the premises. You bring homosexuals up in here in his church and making the members, they cannot possibly be saved. Say, what, well, aren't you an evangelist? Yes, I am an evangelist. And I love to see people get saved. But see, here's what I know. Once you get saved, you're going to change. You can't stay a homosexual. You can't, you can't stay a fornicator. You can't stay an adulterer. You may slip and fall into something in the early years, but you're going to, uh, or months, but you're going to stop that because you, you have Jesus living on the inside of you. He's not going to be doing that with you. The shout of a king is in the midst of her. Mm-hmm. I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. That's what Jesus said. Let us go out this today on our work of soul fishing, looking up in faith and around us in solemn anxiety. Let us toil till night comes and we shall not labor in vain. For he who bids us let down the net will fill it with fishes. Happy Easter to you. Happy Resurrection Sunday to you. How timely is that? Let's pray. Holy Father God, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for your holy word. 
Thank you for using your servant. He being dead, yet speaketh. That's your power. And so we give you all of the glory, praise, and honor. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, I actually want to read Ephesians chapter 5, verses, verse 33. We, we should stay in that passage actually three days. So uh, that's what I would love to read with the quickness. With the quickness. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, I believe it is. Um, and we stay in all of these sections three days. And Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And this is a commandment. This is not a word of advice from the Lord husbands. This is not uh, take it or leave it kind of a thing. You can do what you want. See, God does not allow that. God does not issue advice. You can take it or leave it. No, he issues commandments. This is a commandment. You need to understand it as a commandment. You don't have a choice in the matter, husband. You married her. Yes, I know she may act like a devil now. She doesn't look like she used to. To hook you. And you have, you have seen some things about us since you've been saying you didn't see before. This, this is a part of the devilish uh, woman's deception. They, 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 they act one way to hook you. And then they want to control you after they have hooked you. And so they go into the manipulation mode and all of that. Okay? But you still got to be the man. Because let me tell you something, contrary to what you think and have been taught by our weak, effeminate, evangelical, uh, Christian, Baptist, charismatic pastors and their uh, Jezebel wives, they, 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 uh, no woman wants a man that she can control and manipulate. That is not going to work. Bo Peep will tell you that. No woman wants that. They may think they want it. But that's not in their nature. To be over a man. It's just not in them. They do not want that. However, if you don't lead. Uh, they will. 
Mm -hmm. If you don't, as Mrs. Steve Nutt, and I got to call them because I've used it quite a bit. If Mrs. Steve Nutt told me before I got married, don't you let your wife have the reins of the marriage. Because if you give her the reins, let her have the reins. She's not going to give it back. Or you're going to have to really fight to get it back. So I'm just telling you men, and I, I, I've never had a problem with this, probably because I saw my dad suffer this from my mother, how she manipulated him throughout the marriage and family and threatened him evidently that she would take the children and, and leave. And she... Uh, uh, actually did that a couple of times, three times I think. And 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 see he let that train him. She she trained him to not mess with her freedom and her manipulation and what she wants to do. And so uh, she by manipulating him and lying and doing other things, she beat him down. And so she was over him the entire time, and uh, he allowed her to put him in subjection. And as I saw that, and even my brother saw that, and we even questioned our dad about that, and he told me, Danny boy, I didn't say anything, and I don't say anything to keep the peace. And I say to husbands everywhere, you say what you please. Because oftentimes, God wants you to say it. Yes, that's right. Take control over your family. Believe it or not, the woman, the wife, will not... The light. The woman, the wife... We'll not have it any other way. And she may challenge you every day. She may uh, produce her rebelliousness and stubbornness that is in her and, and push your buttons every day. You always stay in charge, large and in charge, sir. At the same time, loving her as God has commanded you to do. You don't have to be hateful or mean. But don't let her do that to you. And by the way, get out of your mind. Loving her is only opening the door for her. You standing in the rain like a butler. When she could have gotten out the car, she gets out the car by herself many times without you. Let her get out the car. Hey, both of you get out of the rain. Stop it. Love is not only shown by taking her out on a every week date night. That don't even make sense, people. Stop that. That's you wasting money and wasting time. We're married now. We don't need to go on a date. What are you talking about? How about marriage night? Every night of the week. And she fixed you a scrumptious meal. A hundred times better than the restaurant and much cheaper. Some of you men are going into debt. Listening to these uh, lying preachers. These fake and phony people with their sweet little books. That they don't even do themselves. Because they know that stuff does not work. Women know it does not work. They're, 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 they're fed up with it. 
putting them on a, up on a pedestal. And they don't even, they, they know they're not supposed to be on a pedestal. They are to help and to serve. They're wired that way. You don't know that. You think that uh, manipulating her will get, uh, get you some sex at night. And, and that's not, she doesn't even want to have sex with you. Because you're not manly enough for You're not in charge. Why would she want to have sex with you? See? All of that foolishness. Uh, Got to go on a date and get a babysitter with purple and green hair, leaving this devil with your children. Then you come back home. They too, your children are twofold more the child of hell than she is. That babysitter with the purple and green hair. God forbid. Stay home with your own children. Your wife can make you the best steak dinner or lamb chops. Better than any restaurant. Hopefully you got a wife who knows how to cook. Everybody knows the food at home is better than the restaurant. I don't know why you think that's... Uh, you think that the restaurant... Food, and, and, and read the book... Uh, uh, Chef Confidential or Restaurant Confidential by Bourdain. You don't, you don't know what people are doing with your food. He told the truth. He said, before you go out and eat, you better read this book. And he's a chef, had his own restaurant. You better be careful about going out eating people. You got people who have been hired to work at restaurants. They, they, they're just there for the paycheck. They don't care what happens to your food, man. The owners do, but not them. Anyway, you don't need to do all that. That can be love, too. But uh, telling your wife to shut her mouth when she is nagging you about foolishness is love as well. That's love, too. If you want peace in your home and you have a nagging, rebellious, stubborn, disobedient wife, you better uh, take control over that situation. Tell her, listen, uh, you need to shut your mouth. Be quiet. Choose to obey God's word and have a meek and quiet spirit. And I, I can hear, I see some of you right now saying, hey, well, he better not ever say that to me. I tell you, he'll be sleeping on the couch. Well, he's not in control. And you don't want a man, you want a boy. You want a puppy to uh, obey you. And he's not that. Now, if he wants to be that, that's his business. But I'm not that. And I, I don't play that. See? And there are women who would rather be with a man like I am than uh, a man who lets her have her way and got him on a leash, tell him when to go and come. And, 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 and when he's wanting to have sex, she's uh, saying, oh, no, this is my prayer time and my fast now. Well, that won't be happening with me. I don't roll like that. And no man should. She is there to serve you and to help you. And, 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 and she will be more fulfilled if she does that. Even with a little nudge. 
she will be more fulfilled as a woman if she does what she's supposed to do. Uh, my wife, Marika White, who's here uh, with me today, helping in the ministry. Uh, she is her most fulfilled and her happiest after she has cleaned the house like she's supposed to. After she has done what I told her to do. Now, she may not be a happy camper before that or doing that, but when it's done, she's a happy camper. Or she's happier. You say, how do you know? Because she's told me so. And yes, I've had to make her do it sometimes. I want the dishes washed now. I want the house cleaned up now. I shouldn't have to do that. Uh, but you got some women, you got to make do what they need to do now. And, and otherwise, you don't need to be here. And, and you need to make that clear. Sir, that's love too. Do your job or you really don't need to be here. You know, I mean, because I, I, I hired you on, married you uh, to help me. And if you're not willing to help me in every area, including sex, then you really don't need to be here. So whatever. Now, if she wants to be married, and she wants to be a wife, then she'll stay. If she does not want to be married and be a wife, then she should go. And let it be, my brother. That's her choice. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord up in here. So, and here's, here's what uh, this verse says in full. You say, Preacher, do you have any Bible on that? I do. Ephesians 5.33. I've already talked with you husbands. Nevertheless, let every one of you, that is husbands in particular, so love his wife. And your wife cannot be a man, sir. Read my lips. To hell with that. You say, Preacher, I can't believe you would say something like that. I just said it. Because that's where you all are going. Both you and your man friend, uh, sir, both of you are going to hell. So to hell with that. <laughs> I mean it. Somebody needs to tell you something. You lost your righteous minds. Talking about your husband, your man, the man is your wife, and y'all don't know what to call yourself. Some of you call uh, both men husbands. Some of you call that's insane. Don't, why, why would you even use? You found it. You found every. You found your other names. LGBTQ plus. Huh? Find you another name. Don't be calling each other wife and husband. That's a lot of hell. So we're talking about a male and a female. Like Beckham and Peretz the other day got married. That's what we're talking about. A man, a man, a manly man. And a beautiful woman. It's the, it's the most beautiful thing on earth. I don't care if you like it or not. I love it. I love it. Even if people who have a bad marriage, you see people have a good marriage, you ought to be happy, happy for them. Happy for them. Pray for them. So love, husbands in particular, so love his wife even as himself. And that is a commandment from God. That's not a suggestion. That's not 
a little advice. And uh, the wife, the Bible says, see that she reverence, reverence, respects her husband. How about it, wife? Don't bow your head yet. It's not time to pray. See you, see you, wives. You want everything from the husband, all lovey-dovey. You want him to be romantic, and you want him to just hold you sometimes, and and you want uh, him to take you out on a date because the pastor took his wife out on a date. The pastor got more money than you do, more disposable income too. Okay, why? Because you gave him. <laughs> you said you get you know the Lord the money, but he's got the money in his pocket. Okay, endless money. You can't do that every week. My the pastor's wife, Miss Jezebel, she come into the church. Girls, ladies, guess what? My husband took me to Ruth Chris's last night. He spent over five hundred dollars for our meal. The wine itself cost nearly a hundred dollars. You see how much he loved me, and then she, then your wife, go back and say, "I want to go to Ruth Chris's." restaurant. You can't afford Ruth Chris, man. Ruth Chris will take up uh, a month of food for one dinner, one date. A month! If you're going to do like the pastor did. Five, see, $500 to the pastor doesn't mean anything because he's got your money. Don't get mad at me. He has disposable income. You don't have it. You're on a budget. And the truth is, you don't need to take anywhere. For $30, both of you can have a T-bone steak and a potato. Same potato that they dressed up. You can dress it up, dress it up even better with real butter. Okay? And the wife, see that she reverence, respects her husband. Now, you want your husband to do all of that, buy you shoes every week, buy you a dress every week, so you never go to church with the same dress on, all this kind of foolishness. You want this and that and that and this when you want it, but you're not willing to respect your husband and reverence your husband and obey. Watch this. Respect means obey. Uh huh. Don't give him any lip. Don't talk back when he tells you to do something. Uh, when your husbands are coming, well. Do you know what he wants? When they get that deep voice like that, almost sound like the devil. Come on, girl. Come on, come on, girl. You know what he wants. And you say, I'm busy. I got to do this. And I got to know, you know. When you say, come on, girl. Come here, girl. Like that. You know what time it is. Go ahead and do what you need to do. Do what he wants you to do. Now, he he's always hot and ready. He may have to warm you up, but once she, once he does what he needs to do, everybody's going to be all right in the situation. Okay? That's how you have a good marriage. The husband loves the wife. Most husbands, we, we can really care less if you love us, but we need for you to respect us. It doesn't matter to a man if you want uh, about you saying I love you every day and you're not doing what I tell you. Jesus Christ said, if you love me, obey me. Your husband is saying, if you truly love me, obey me. 
And guess what? Jesus wants you to obey your husband. Because, and God wants you to obey your husband because that's the chain of command. And if you disobey him and disrespect him, you're disrespecting Jesus and God. Because they told you what to do in the Holy Scriptures. Now, beloved, let's pray for other families, pray for other marriages in the household of faith, and for those who are not. And let's pray for others. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, what a morning this has been. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for all of this due your holy name. We pray for the salvation of the lost in uh, uh, who uh, lost families so that they can take advantage of your instruction and be the better for it. And uh, Holy Father God, you know and I know, and my wife knows and my children know that we would have never accomplished what you have uh, given us to accomplish and blessed us to accomplish if we did not stick with the word, no matter who went against it. You led me to rebuke it and to deal with it and to move on. The truth of the matter is, Lord, because you put in my heart, as I told my wife before we got married, we're going to do it your way or no way, and I meant it. Uh, we, and I told her we're not going to do it her family's way because everybody in her family is divorced and remarried and, and in sin. And we're not, going to, we're not going to do it my family's way because they, thank, thankfully they stayed married, but it was a, a horrific situation. Uh, in the marriage and in the family because it was not done biblically. As for me and my house, I told my wife we were going to serve you and do it your way. And that's the only reason why, by your grace, we're still here together serving you and not even thinking about getting a divorce. And so, Holy Father God, I, after 34 years, seven children, all who are serving you, and so we thank you for that. At the same time, I do pray uh, for the salvation of my wife uh, because I believe that she's religious but lost. And I pray for other family members who are church-going and who serve in the church, uh, but they're not saved. And so, Lord, and not only for my family, I pray for other religious families that have family members who are not saved religious but lost and we pray that you cast the devil and the demons of hell Lord out of each family that has this problem we pray for the uh, revival of Christian families we also pray Lord today for the salvation of the lost for the revival of the saved for the healing of the sick for the comfort of the grieving Lord, we pray for all people who name the name of Christ. Lord, today, that you would have mercy and grace upon us. Lord, and forgive us of our wicked sins of disobeying your great uh, commandment and your great commission. Lord, the Hillsong uh, implosion and debacle ought to be a um, 
warning to every pastor and to every church. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you'll help people to look at that colossal failure and other colossal failures, confess their sins and repent and turn from their wicked ways. And uh, pray and seek your face. And Lord, we also pray that you will help those of us who are truly saved to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you our first love and help us to understand that you will chastise us, you will rebuke us, and you'll even take us out of here, off this earth, if we put forth our hand towards evil and then take communion unworthily. As your word tells us, And so, Holy Father God, help us to take it seriously. And Holy Father God, I do pray for all of your government ministers. Save their souls who are lost. Revive those who are saved. Cast the devil out of those who need that. And lead God and direct them that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives. And uh, Lord, I do pray also that you would protect all of your people from persecution in America and around the world. For we're now coming under persecution in the great country called America because we have turned our backs on you and your holy word which made us great. And Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ that Lord you would grant us your grace in the power of your Holy Spirit uh, grant us your grace uh, in our trying times and even in our dying times Lord help me and everybody who names the name of Christ to die well and to die peacefully with our consciences clear before you. And Lord, have mercy and grace upon us, if you can, and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant to us when we arrive before your throne. I give you all of the glory, the praise, and the honor, knowing that we don't even deserve to go before your throne. But thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is sitting at your right hand, Uh, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins, who paid our sin debt. Thank you, Lord, for the free gift of salvation. And now, Holy Father God, we pray. Uh, Lord, as you know, I mentioned the millions of people who are hurting from the coronavirus plague uh, that people are trying to play down because they know it's a punishment from you, and now the war as well. And uh, we pray, Lord, for all of those millions who are suffering and mourning and hurting. Uh, Comfort those families as only you can. Uh, Lord, but at the same time, we pray for some by name. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Michigan resident Jason Daniel Kutzinger. We pray for the family and friends 
of New York resident Irma B. Winslow. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of California Police Officer James Warren Winslow, Jr., another family uh, impacted with two deaths. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Illinois resident Jane Warman. We pray for the family and friends of Pennsylvania nurse Sandra K. Wajna. Uh, we commit all of these souls into your hands. And now, Lord, we pray for all of the prayer requests, thanking you for the privilege and the mind and the heart and the spirit of obedience by your grace to pray for thousands of folks down through the years by name for their specific needs repeatedly. And we thank you, Lord, for the thousands of answers to prayer based upon your holy word, asking ye shall receive, seeking ye shall find, knocking it shall be opened unto you. Lord, we pray for Tammy. Uh, and Lord, we pray, first of all, for the salvation, spiritual, family, and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon all of those thousands of folks who are already prayed for. And we pray these same blessings upon these people, these new prayer requests. We pray for Tammy. Please bless her with a financial miracle today. We pray for Bahima. Please bless his orphan children's home with sponsors. We pray for Raul. Please bless his ministry in India and help them to walk in the light of Jesus Christ alone if they have to. And then, Lord, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel, through this ministry, Gospel Light Society International, Gospel Light House of Prayer. We pray, Lord, that you'll help them all to grow. We thank you for the thousands who have heard the gospel and who have gotten saved. Millions have heard the gospel. We thank you, Lord, for the thousands that we know about have gotten saved, and, and hopefully over three million have gotten saved already. And But we still pray for that. We pray, Lord, that you'll help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray for Rama, Augustine, Abdullah, and Richard. And we pray for Doreen. We pray also for the people that you have drawn to back to yourself to recommit their lives to you. As you know, Lord, I have never given that invitation, nor have I asked these people to write us and let us know. This is all you're doing, and I give you the glory, praise, and honor. Thank you for calling your people home in spite of me not even giving that kind of invitation. They just... Uh, listen to the preaching of your word and the preaching of the gospel. They know that they're saved. They come on a conviction about their sins and their backslidden ways, and they come back to you at your preached word. And we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for doing all of this salvation for the lost souls and for those who are recommitting to you. But as we heard from Spurgeon today, you use human agency uh, for the salvation of the souls of people and it was quite amazing to hear that again today, and is amazing. And we pray for Vitalis, we pray for I, uh, Abai Oyi, we pray for Andrew, we pray for Coffee, we pray for Agawoyi as well. We commit these uh, souls into your hands, let your will be done in their lives. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray, and for his sake, Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, by the grace of God, thank you so much for being with us for the Easter devotional service. We're getting ready to go right into the uh, um, uh, Easter 
communion service and uh, we're going to take a five minute break and uh, uh, please stay right there uh, the cameras will go down for about five minutes or thereabouts and we will have communion shortly so if you have a red wine or you have red grape juice you can't use anything don't play with God it represents the blood um, and some unleavened bread I know that this is not our regular day for communion but God led me to do it on Easter Sunday if you have some left over from the last communion go ahead and get that and join in uh, communion with us if the Lord will so lead you right after that I'll go into our third service where I will by God's grace wrap up the eight-day Holy Week sermon series when I survey the wondrous cross let's all stand for our closing prayer for this first service thank you for being here when I survey the wondrous cross Holy Father God I cannot thank you enough for what you did in this first service it is another miracle and we all know it here because of the fact that uh, there were some things we were not even ready for but you helped us to get ready <laughs> 